What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, JJ Cooper, Kyle Glazer joining you on the Baseball America podcast presented by my bookie. Kyle, we are a week away from what is always a crazy time, but I think we'll be a little crazier this year. We're, we're talking trade deadline today. We have the, the trade deadline coming up. We've already had one trade already, but we also don't know this is a trade deadline unlike any other it is going it's a trade deadline that ends at the end of august but there are no waivers this is not the waiver period this is not coming on the heels of the july 31st trade deadline because this is 60 game season unlike any other so to kind of just jump right into it kyle first off glad you're here but but we've already had one trade we had uh i would describe as a a semi-desperate phillies team that absolutely positively had to improve their bullpen and so that's what they did so what what do you think about the uh the phillies red sox trade that really kind of kicks off the trade deadline season and what does that tell us you know this is really a trade that kind of presents a little bit of the template for what we're going to see a lot of this deadline there's very few clear sellers to this point as of this recording um, 14 of 15 teams in the National League are within one game of a playoff spot as of this recording, which just shows you how difficult it is to suss out who's a buyer and seller. But in this case, we had a clear-cut example. The Red Sox are building for the future. The Phillies are desperate for the postseason. And what we saw was most of the pieces were players with big league experience. You see Brandon Workman. You see Heath Hembree. You see Nick Pavetta, only one prospect. And we'll get more into why that's probably going to be a lot of what we see, just given how difficult it is to get information from the alternate site camps. But again, um, you see mostly major league pieces. You saw money being moved to help cover some of the financial concerns. A lot of teams have lost a lot of money. A lot of people in baseball think the types of trades we're going to see this year it's going to be very similar to this upper level major leaguers money involved and, and one of the few teams that's a clear seller. 
Yeah, it, it is crazy. I, we sit here right now as we record this on Monday afternoon, and as you said, pretty much the entire National League, short of the Pirates, are in the playoff hunt. Not only that, but there's only five teams in the National League that are, have winning records at this moment either, also. So it's, it's something where not, there's a whole lot of teams with needs. There's not a whole lot of teams necessarily looking to sell. But on top of that, I mean, I just want to dive into, if you go to BaseballAmerica.com, Kyle has a story that wrote you know, last week about just how difficult and how unusual this trade deadline is. One of the things that you talked about in that is it, it's not just that there are a few sellers, but it's hard to figure out what you're, what you're going to sell if you're, if, you're, if you're a team looking to acquire talent. So what are you offering? What are you, what are you saying this is how, what we're going to do to make this deal happen? Again, you, I look at this Phillies deal where you have a guy like Nick Pavetta who's been in the major leagues but does not have a clear role with the Phillies moving forward. He'd been sent back down to the alternate site camp. The type of player that, hey, you have been able to see what this guy is. We don't have room for him. Maybe you do. I, again, I think that's where you're going to see a lot, a lot of what gets offered is kind of those extra guys who have had major league time. Again, this isn't to say no prospects will be traded. There absolutely will be. But just given the mechanics of this year where, again, teams are really relying on alternate site data, which, as I wrote in my story, a lot of front office officials are saying, like, I mean, it, it's info, but it's not something you see and say, oh, I'm going to make a trade on this. You're still going largely off of what you've seen in the past. Again, Pavetta was in the majors for a couple games this year, so they had a real feel for, okay, this is what he looks like right now. Those are the types of players that, that a lot of teams are going to have to sell. You know, you can't dangle the, the really, really toolsy, promising Arizona League prospect that teams haven't seen for a year plus. It, teams are just not comfortable acquiring that guy right now. I was going to say, you can dangle him. It doesn't mean that they're going to be a taker. And, and there are complications even with that. Let's say that you, a team was willing to take him on a, off of a good look in, in 2019 and, and maybe a, a glimpse, and I do mean a glimpse in spring training this year, you still can't technically trade that prospect, right? Correct. So the way it is set up right now is only players in the 60-man player pool are eligible to be traded. Now, a potential workaround is you trade someone as a player to be named later, and you hope that there's a fall or winter instructional league or a prospect league where you can look at some guys and say, okay, from the list of three, four, or five guys that were on our player to be named, player to be named later list, We've seen this guy now. We feel confident we want him. But there's a chance those leagues might not happen, so you won't get that chance. And as we wrote in the story, players to be named later have to be named within six months of the time they're traded. All minor league contracts are suspended right now. There's no guarantee they will be unsuspended six months from now. That depends on the course of the virus and where we are as a country in terms of treating it. So if six months from now, minor league contracts are still suspended. And Commissioner Manfred, I reached out to the commissioner's office, or I should say to the league office, and they said they have not had any discussions yet about amending that rule to extend the deadline beyond six months. If you're acquiring a player to be named later right now, not knowing if that deadline will be extended, not knowing if contracts will be unsuspended, you know, you might end up being forced to take, as Ken Rosenthal reported, $100,000 or less, which is a lot less valuable than, you know, a prospect you want to take a flyer on. And we should note, when we talk about the contracts, 36 months from the deadline basically puts you at the end of February. This isn't even – it. 
the timetable doesn't give you a chance to say, oh, you know, we, we got a chance to look at them in, in, you know, throughout spring training and, and then make a decision. Right. So there's just so many unknowns here. And again, you go back to, okay, so who are the types of players you're going to sell? Not all teams have those guys that would have appeal in this scenario. And then also just figure out who the buyers and sellers are. I mean, I look at, you know, you look at the standings today as of this recording. At this time last week, the Texas Rangers were 10-9 and and in playoff position. Well, they've since lost eight straight, and now they're closer to the worst record in the American League than they are a playoff spot. The Giants, on the other hand, were 8-16 and and dead in the water last week. Well, now they've won six straight, and they're the number seven seed. And again, every year we see teams get hot, you know, a week or two before the deadline, and that changes whether they're a buyer or seller. But the entire league is in this kind of flux this year for the most part. You have a, a couple of teams at the top that everyone knows are still going to be there. But below them, I mean, so many teams are still in this. 23 of the 30 teams overall in Major League Baseball are within one game of a playoff spot. It's just so fluid. And the other thing with that is, is some of those teams who you look at and say, are they in, are they not? It's one thing to me, if you look at the Red Sox, who are out and are selling, well, the Red Sox are a team that, if you're a Red Sox fan, I know this is not a fun year, but you remember, you, you, you've, you've cleared out you know, all, the, all the champagne out of your hair already, but you, you still may remember this, the, the smell of what that was like, you know, that, 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 that sweet smell. If you're, to just take example, if, you t- you know, it, if you're the Orioles, they're, who are 14 and 14 as we record this, and no one thinks that the Orioles are going to win the World Series this year. However, it's kind of hard for me to imagine the, the sales job of saying, hey, yes, we're having a better season than we expected, but let's strip it down because we know we're probably not going to win it for good and, you know, for several years. No, you're halfway through the season, you're in, you're in, a, you know, you're in playoff contention. It, it's a weird time to sell if you're the Orioles, if you're the Blue Jays who have significant pitching injuries and significant pitching depth issues. It's a weird time if you're, you know, the Giants, like you said, like which are a team that's been rebuilding. I still could see the Giants selling if they had a bad week, but it's, it is really crazy that way, isn't it? It is. The Marlins are another team. I, I think the thing to keep in mind is just how fluid this all is. You know, again, we're recording this, you know, this Monday, a week before the trade deadline. Well, five days from now, six days from now, one week from now, these records and these standings could all look completely jumbled with teams playing so few games. They're only going to be 30 to 35, 36 games into their seasons. Or, I, or I 25 it, if you're the Cardinals. Right. Or other teams who have had more delays. Um, it's just everything is, is so jumbled right now. And because of that uncertainty, you know, as part of the article that's up and part of the reason we wanted to come on and talk about this today, I, I spoke with scouting directors, general managers, other executives, teams with winning records, teams with losing records, teams who expected to contend, teams who didn't expect to contend. I mean, the gamut, small market teams, large, large market teams, the entire gamut of personnel across baseball. And what just stood out to me is they all kind of were saying the same thing. And, and that rarely, rarely ever happens on any topic we discuss. Um, but just given everything this year with, you know, the way the season's laid out where if there's not that going to be many clear buyers or sellers, you know, combined with all the concerns about the pandemic, combined with the minor league concerns and the lack of information, which we'll get into more, there really is a sense of 
you know, there's going to be moves. Don't get me wrong. We've already seen, you know, uh, the Phillies and Red Sox make a deal and there will be more moves, but the overall writing sense is it's going to be a couple of moves here or there. It's going to be smaller moves in nature. Um, there's a lot, this is, the expectation is this will be the quietest trade deadline we have had in some time. Now, predictions can completely get blown out, out the window. A lot can change in a week this season, especially. But as of right now, that's just the overriding expectation within the industry. Now, there are still, you know, I want to get into kind of the challenges of, of trading for an outside guy in a minute. But before we do that, I, I do, there are teams that you look at to me that are utterly in contention and utterly, I feel like almost like have to make moves, you know, it, to give it to, to give an example at the top of the, the Braves lead the a, the NL East. They are right now the class of the NL East and really one of the supposedly, you know, they're, they're a team that's back to back NL East champs. They should be, uh, you know, in contention. And right now, as it stands, if you said, so who's the rotation uh, with the injury to Mike Soroka, we can comfortably say Max Fried, who's been great. And we're pretty much done right now. You could say, well, uh, Cole Hamels is hopefully going to be back in September. Um, Josh Tomlin's been moved to the rotation. Robbie Erlin, Kyle Wright didn't work out too well. Tuki Desant keeps getting pulled for, for walking too many guys. They may try Ian Anderson this week. We could keep listing names, but right now – it's a one-man rotation, isn't it? It is. You look at the Braves' rotation, you look at the Padres' bullpen, you look at Cleveland's offense, particularly their outfield. Those are three contenders that do need to make upgrades. And in reality right now, there's only really a group of – I mean, you could argue that there's only really four teams who are very, very clearly out of it. You know, if you wanted to rope in, you know, Kansas City and, and Texas, you can as well. Each team has different motivations. But you're going to have a group of teams really – calling the same four or five teams or maybe six teams in major league baseball, trying to pry their pieces from them. And we're going to see those teams really be able to control the bidding, the sellers. It's a seller's market. There's like I said, there's, there's a lot of teams who need help in some form or fashion or want to upgrade. And there's just not that many options out there. So if you're the angels, if you're the Red Sox, if you're the Mariners, if you're the pirates, you know, you have the opportunity to maybe get a little more for your guys than you normally would just because as again, as of right now, pending changes in a week, you know, you might be the only guys in town that are selling what these teams need. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the flip side I will say with that is, is and you hit on this in the, uh, the Red Sox Philly deal, willingness to take on salary will probably make trades. You're, if you're a team and I'm not putting most teams even in this right now because obviously every team is feeling the financial hit. The Yankees just furloughed a whole lot of uh, you know minor league staff and, and officials because they're feeling a financial hit, and that's the Yankees. I mean, you don't even want to think of what, you know, what that means. But if you're willing to take on salary, there will probably be a significant number of veterans who can be had, especially if they have additional years beyond this one on the contract, I would think. Yeah, again, and then it goes so many different ways. In this case, you know, the Red Sox paid the Phillies some of the money to help cover their salaries. So it could also be that the money's being sent that way as opposed to a team taking on the whole salary. There's, there's always that balancing act, but you're right. You know, one of the things that has gotten some attention. I don't know if it's gotten enough attention is look, these teams got hit. I mean, 
we know that attendance and gate related costs make up depending on the team, but on average about 30 to 40% of their, of their total revenue each year. And for some teams that number is higher and any business that loses 30 to 40% of their revenue, it's very, very, very difficult. And again, for some teams, that number was higher. Um, you know, Liberty Media, who's the owner of the Braves, they're a publicly traded company, so they have to release their financials. And, and they released them as part of their uh, disclosures. And you got to look and saw just how much money these teams lost. Now, again, there's obviously accounting tricks and other things where teams can claim and have claimed to be losing more than they really are. But in general, we should not doubt that a lot of these teams lost a lot of money and are hurting without that revenue that fans in the stands bring. And because of that, there is a lack of willingness in some cases to take on too much money in these deals, more so than we might have seen in previous years. That a lot of these factors have existed before, but they're amplified this year. Um, and I think for the most part, you know, again, money is a big part of many trades that are made, but it's going to be an even bigger part this year. I think that there's no doubt about that. And again, I, I think that if you, one team's uh, misfortune is another team's opportunity, really, to put it bluntly, which is, is that if you are a team who is in contention and has the financial flexibility to add salary, you are going to be shopping in a whole different world potentially than a team that basically is sitting and saying, knows going into the trade deadline, we, we will give up better prospects if we have to, but we cannot add salary. And I think that there's going to be a significant number of teams who are going to be like that. Again, there's so many wild cards here. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, comes back to a little bit is you know, talking about the prospect nature of all this. Again, I remember having this conversation with an American League Pro Scouting director. We were talking about all the different, you know, obstacles to prospects being traded between the lack of data coming out of alternate training sites and not even that many teams, I should say, uh, a good chunk of teams not even taking part in it, combined with all the uncertainties about player to name later rules. And he just stopped me and said, honestly, none of this is really going to matter. You're not going to see a lot of these deals happening, which you know, again, really kind of was put, you know, opened my eyes how blunt he was about it. And again, I just go back to what did we see from this Red Sox Phillies deal? Primarily major league pieces and one prospect. But well, I want to ask you more about the alt site, but we do have a, we're going to take a break real quick here. It's summertime and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, Winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of futures bets where you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code BASEBALLAMERICA. That's one word, Baseball America, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. So if you put $1,000 in, you get an additional $1,000. Put $100 in, you get an extra $100 to play with. Double your deposit. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. There are thousands of cross-sports wagers, props, and parlays, and they all await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. So we're back, and I wanted to ask you about the off-site. We have 20 teams have opted in to data sharing. 10 teams have opted 
to not share their data from the alt sites. We have two teams right now that I know of. Uh, uh, the Phillies are televised, although harder to find that. I think it's on local TV there, so you kind of got to be in the Philly area. And then the Red Sox, the Pawtucket site, is uh, been uh, wonderfully streamed on Twitter. I I've enjoyed watching Jay Groom and Jaron Duran and Jeter Downs and Darwinson Hernandez and all them. But so it's it's a very and and let's make clear here pro scouts not allowed to scout in person at, at these sites still banned yes i will continue hammering on it mascots i watched blooper i guess it is the braves mascot at the you know at the game last night but no pro scouts they're they're not allowed but but what is it you know what kind of data are they getting right now if they for the 20 teams who are sharing their data yeah, so uh, just talking to some of the evaluators who are getting the data, and I actually want to start by saying when I reached out to a couple different teams to you know check in with them on it, some of them were saying they don't have their logins for it yet. A few did, a few didn't. So as recently as you know, ten days before the trade deadline, you know, a couple key front office officials on some teams who want to be a part of this, who had opted in, still weren't able to access it. So I mean, it just kind of gives you uh, you know an idea that this thing is is still on its nascent stages. Um, I believe by now everyone's logged in, but again, up to 10 days there at the 10 day point, some key personnel still couldn't get into it. So, um, but the type of data that was coming out again, you, you had some exit velocities, you had some, you know, break on the curveball, you had some pitch analytics. I mean, you had a lot of the stuff the you track, man, track, you know, track, man, you get a lot of the stuff that um, a lot of times you normally see, just what came out of it, you know, discussions with officials is, okay, how much can you really put into this when you're talking about there's no umpires, there's no fans in the sands, it's the same players you're seeing every single day. It's hard to put a lot of stock in the very limited data that's coming out of the camps. Right. It's, it's not, and again, like there, it's, it's not an, a consistency of the, uh, the, the quality of the competition. I, you know, Josh Norris for us wrote about there's been talk discussions about adding 15 more players to the alt sites. And one of the reasons they did that was, is that everyone admits these aren't real. These are inner squads. These aren't even real games. There, there are times where you may be, uh, you know, you may have hit, you, you may be hitting it to a left fielder. Who's, you know, a coach, uh, you know, or, or some other club official, simply because they had to have someone stand out there. Um, you know, you, again, these are, this is much like what you would see on the backfields at spring training. You may see a guy who bats fourth in one inning and then fourth in the next inning and fourth of the inning after that. It, it's not, you know, these are not the same thing as minor league games. They're not close to it. But beyond that, like you said, you're, you are getting exit velos. You are getting velocity, spin, movement, there, which is valuable. Um, and there is some video being shared as well. So, I mean, again, there is an opportunity to, to see players that way. But again, just talking to evaluators, you know, they were saying, I should say front office officials, you know, what just kept coming back is, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have, um, you know, directionally it's helpful, but the majority of what you're going to be basing your decision to acquire a prospect on is going to be your 2019 reports, the full season of data from 2019, if they were in spring training, what they looked like there, you know, this alternate site data, it's a piece of the puzzle, but 
it still doesn't give you a lot of confidence. It, it's, you know, one of uh, scouting director used the word, it's, it's scary acquiring someone based off 2019 info because of how much these players change. We're talking ages 19 to 20, 20 to 21, 20 to 22. These guys, I mean, every year there's guys who make huge jumps physically in that time frame, and it's it's hard to really know what's real and what's not. If you're going off an old report, it's just so much more risky. Well, uh, you know, I, I'll kind of unfortunately I'll take the negative of it. The other thing is, is guys, you know, get worse. Like guys who, quite bluntly, have had a summer away from baseball in the normal you know development that they have, and not all bodies go in the right way. You know, you, you want to have eyes on guys. And again, that is something with the outside. You can confirm from the outside. Okay. I'm looking at this pitcher's data. The, the stuff is similar to what it was last year. That's a, a very useful data point potentially from the standpoint of, okay, I know that he's probably not hurt. I know that he's probably not let himself go over the, you know, over the, the longer than normal layoff, all that because you can compare it. But that's, again, let's make clear, that's only two-thirds of the league. There's a third of the league where you're not even going to be able to validate that because even if they are at the outside, they're not sharing the data. Correct. Now, a couple people did say, you know, maybe you might see some informal video swapping, but who knows, you know, how much of that's actually going to happen. It's, it's tricky. So, which is the overarching point that, that I think I want to make to kind of, you know, put a bow on it is, there's just not a lot of confidence from a front office perspective in acquiring prospects this year. It's always risky. You know, I put out uh, this morning, I reposted the study we did last year that only about one in five prospects traded in the deadline within that, you know, time frame ends up having a consequential major league career uh, at all. I mean, we're talking even just two seasons and a positive, you know, positive war. I mean, one in five, the vast majority of prospects you acquire at the deadline do not amount to anything as major leaguers. And that's when you have a full set of data from that entire season. That's when you have your scouts in the parks, getting eyes on him, picking up on all the little things. When you have that full data set, when everything is exactly how you want it, it's about a one in five hit rate. So now you're talking about limited data. You're talking about not really able to get the eyes on it that you want those odds dropped dramatically. And, and again, a lot of front office officials, the overarching theme was we're just not really comfortable with it. I don't think there's going to be many transactions like this. And there's not going to be none. There will be some. Um, but again, it's just, it, it's not going to be what we're used to in terms of the number of prospects well, we're getting traded. And one thing that we should note also with that, that one in five number, every year there are trades at the deadline that I am. I don't want to make it sound like that the team who's acquiring the prospects has zero hope that those players are going to turn into something. But there are there are a number of players who are traded at the deadline, and especially if it is someone who has a little bit of salary left remaining for the rest of the season, where a team that's out of it will trade them for a one in ten shot. Of I, I mean, again, there have been trades. I remember we we tweeted try to rank the players traded at the deadline. And there have been trades where you're staring at three players who have been traded and we'll call around the pro scouts. Hey, did you see so-and-so? And, and I've gotten an O for three before. Yeah, I saw all three of those guys. I didn't turn any of them in. And, and that is, 
sometimes they're traded for that instead of cash because really what's happening is is the team that is trading the the, the major leaguer is clearing the roster spot and is saving the money but you, you do it to you know to a you do acquiring a prospect means that you can say ah you know well he didn't turn out like we thought i mean and i go back to year after year there are really good players who are traded for guys I, a couple of years ago the, the trade that baffled us i think at the time but jd martinez is one of the better hitters has been one of the better hitters in baseball for you know much of the last uh, five years and if you look, it's not shocking that the, the Tigers did not get a whole lot back in that trade with the Diamondbacks because at the time it was something where this was a not great farm system trading their not best prospects. You know, that, that's, a, you know, that's, that's what we, you see. And so we will absolutely, I feel very confident, we will see trades here where the acquiring team will acquire a player or two, but really it's, it's filler because they're getting free from the contract. Yeah, and again, you go back to the J.D. Martinez trade as well. You know, the Diamondbacks were getting two full months of him. Teams now are going to be getting 27 days of the players they acquire. So that's also another part of the calculation here of, okay, how much are we really, really willing to give up in the case of an expiring contract for potentially 27 days? Now, the added playoff round, you're going to potentially get more games out of him. Added playoff round, expanded postseason field. Um but again, there's just so many variables here that that baseball has not faced before. It's just such an unknown. So I will say that again, and I want to, you know, I feel like we spend so much time laying out all the reasons why there won't be trades. You know, teams are very, very wary, you know, financially right now. Teams are very, very concerned about, hey, are we, you know, are we really going to ship out one of our better veterans and take two or three prospects we haven't really been able to see the last year or two? I mean, those are all reasons teams aren't going to do it, but there are going to be moves. Um, it's just going to be fewer. And, and there's absolutely plenty of reasons. Again, there are not a ton of teams that are utterly out of it. We know that. But at the same time, if you are, and you have a player headed to free agency, and you have a player headed to free agency who you are never going to consider tendering an offer, there's not a whole lot of reason to hold on to that player if that player has some value. Because again, we are not in the system that we used to be where it's like, ah, you know, he's still going to be enough of a prospect. We'll, a player will offer him arbitration. He won't accept and that'll help us get a, you know, a supplemental pick. There are a lot of these guys, you say goodbye at the end of the year, you're getting nothing. If you're already out of it, why wouldn't you, you know, figure out a way to make a, make a trade, make a move on that. And so I do think we will see, we just won't see as probably, I mean, I, I do want to, one player I did want to throw out to you. Do you think, what if you're saying right now, and I'm not saying you have a ton of reporting on this yet, but, but again, you have been making calls and all. I, I think the interesting one to see is, 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 is Mike Clevenger going to be traded in the, uh, in the next week? And I think there's a chance. Yeah, everything that happened there is, is certainly going to be interesting, especially when you look at the Indians and, and their payroll concerns. Yeah, I mean, that would all certainly And could be, fix their outfield issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's certainly, you know, a situation where they could absolutely, you know, you know, potentially land, land some really, really good players if they made that move. But again, you know, are you a better team without Mike Clevenger? Probably not, but there's obviously some other issues there that they're going to have to sort out within uh, their organization oh. in terms of everything that happened. Um, but I think you look at guys like Trevor Rosenthal as well, you know, a Royals team that, are they technically super far out of it? No, but they are out of it. They don't you know, project to be back into it. 
you know, what does that trade look like? And again, especially if there's only five or six clear cut sellers and there's 12 to 14 interested buyers, you know, they might be able to jack up the price and, and have these teams bid up against each other. So I think, again, a lot of the sellers, you know, if you're the angels and it's Tommy Lastella, maybe Dylan Bundy, you know, if you're, if you're the pirates, you have some of your relievers, you know, Keone Kila just went on the IL, but Richard Rodriguez is around. Like these teams have an opportunity to bid up and get good pieces um, a, a lot of this is going to depend on what happens in this next week. Again, as of this recording, again, 14 of 15 teams in the National League are within one game of a playoff spot. 23 of the 30 teams in the major leagues are within one game of a playoff spot. By this time next week, if, that, if those numbers are, you know, only 10 of the NL teams and 17 of the major league teams, that's going to change the, di- the dynamics greatly. Right. I, I will say, though, I think that there is a chance the Indians could be a better team having traded Mike Clevenger simply because they do have starting pitching, as we've seen even with you know Clevenger being sent back to the outside. And as you also noted earlier, their outfield is utterly lacking in impact. And if they could figure out a trade with somebody where they brought back significant impact in their outfield, they – that that may on a on a you know on a seven days a week basis that may make them a better team because if Tristan McKenzie can stay healthy and, and hold up, he looked great in his debut. And they obviously have Shane Bieber and they have this is a team that does have some some pitching depth, which we've seen because they've sent down two of their starters and they're not really seeming to miss them too much. And again, I think they will over the course of the season. But if they could just take some of the, you know, the, the, the black holes in the bottom of the lineup out of that, that could improve them to me. There's no question. There's absolutely a scenario where if they were able to trade Mike Clevenger and bring back an impact everyday outfielder, which they absolutely potentially could, then yes, there's no question that could improve their team. Um, again, it's just a matter of what deals are on the table and, you know, again, what, what the offers are. And right now, um, you know, we're going to see everything heat up this week. We're going to start seeing moves being made. Um, again, just really looking and seeing what happens in terms of if one of these teams on the fringes really drops out, you know, if Detroit has a really bad week and they move into clear cut sellers. Cause right now they're only two games out of a playoff spot in the American league. Again, I go back to the national league, you know, if a team like, you know, the Reds and Brewers who right now are only one game back, but they've been struggling a little bit. The Brewers have lost four straight. If they completely fall out of it and they become a clear cut seller, you know, does that change things? So uh, again, a lot of it's just going to depend on who's out there, who's available and who's even willing to sell. Well, so this is our trade deadline preview podcast. We will probably be coming back to talk more trades as they have happened on the, uh, on the Baseball America podcast. So we, we thank you for the download. We thank you if you are a, uh, a regular listener to the Baseball America podcast. And obviously, as we always do, we thank you, our Baseball America subscribers, because you are what allows us to do what we're doing. But for Kyle Glazer, I'm J.J. Cooper here on the Baseball America podcast presented by MyBookie. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.